Hi, this is Jim Swilly. Welcome to Metron Live. Metron is a Greek word that means sphere of influence. I believe in living your best life possible, and that's the reason for this podcast. This is my Metron. Now let me help you discover yours. Welcome to the Metron Live podcast, coming to you from beautiful, historic Midtown Atlanta. Metron people, would you give the podcast people a big hand? Thank you for being here. As I mentioned, that's how we connected with uh, Dallas and his wife. For uh, uh, I'm sorry, I keep saying his wife. But I don't know your name. What is your first name? Laura. Dallas and Laura, who came down from uh, North Carolina. Uh, so podcasts are great. If you if you if you subscribe to the podcast, it's it's free. But what's great about it is your phone will t- the app on your phone that's already, that you already have will tell you when the next one is on deck and. Uh, Charles does uh, Charles the rock god of podcasting does an excellent job speaking of which I do want to say uh, last week I mentioned that we had a specific um, need with uh, um, some equipment and uh, without robbing them of the blessing Charles's wife uh, wanted to take care of that out of some of the money that was left her from her inheritance from her mother so we appreciate Aaron and so we speak a hundredfold return back on you thank you for doing that I don't know if they wanted me to blow their cover on that, but I'm too late now. It's out. Genie's out of the bottle. I'm usually a little more discreet. Like when Jack and Jackie rented our, now that you know it was them that rented our space, I said, I don't want to say, but it's a husband and wife that are both on the board of JESM whose names both start with the same letters. In fact, they're the same first name, but I don't want to say who it is. Well, I don't want to. I don't want to rob you of your blessing. So I said, I don't want to say who it is. I'm just going to say thank you to that anonymous couple. So, and thank you to Charles's wife, Erin. Uh, all right. Um, I, I think about this every year. I don't know what what uh, number Easter message this would be for for me. If I've been preaching for 48 years, it's about that many Easter messages. And I always remember Scott Pettit's uncle, who now has passed on. But I remember one time he told Scott, he said, you know, I love your bishop, but it seems like every time I come to church, all he does is talks about the resurrection. And Scott said, it's because you only come on Easter. (laughs) So it's kind of the theme. He does talk about other things. Um And uh, I'm going to be brief uh, about it today because actually the parameters are rather narrowed for a day like today because you feel obligated to talk about this specific aspect of it. Uh, I, I write two meditations a day and post them on uh, social media. Just finished a six-month anniversary for doing that. And on Friday of this week, I on Good Friday, I talked about... And look, this is true whether you identify as Christian or not. The The, the things that Jesus said and did transcend what we call Christianity. And even, like I have a lot of people that follow me that consider themselves atheists or whatever, but they say, I really enjoy your take on things. I'm like, good. I, I actually consider that uh, uh, an honor. And I think, I think Jesus probably had the same kind of uh, rapport with people. But on Friday of this week, I talked about how that Jesus prophesied His own resurrection. He, he would say on several occasions, I'm going to go to Jerusalem, I'm going to be crucified, but I'll be back. I'll be back three days later. Showing us that he did not see himself as a martyr or as a victim. And there's a, whether you believe the resurrection is literal or not, 
which for the record, I do. I mean, I know my theology is, I mean, I'm hanging on by traditional Christianity by a thread. You know, when I put on this collar today, the, you know, it's like, doing, 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 doing. like, what are you, what are you doing? He's a, are you sure you want to go there? Yes. I, you know, on days like today, it feels appropriate. But, uh, but I do want you to know, even though my definitions of God have largely, uh, evolved, of course, I, I believe, I'm, I'm not going to ever not believe that the resurrection was literal. And I don't, I don't want to argue with you about it. If you don't think it was, fine. Namaste. I'm saying, for me, without a resurrection, the rest of it kind of doesn't make any sense. Now, my definitions of why Jesus died on the cross have greatly evolved. Uh, I don't think that God had to kill God to make God happy. I don't, I don't think that. I don't think, I don't even, like I noticed a lot of people posted bloody pictures of Jesus on the cross. I don't really, it doesn't resonate with me. I mean, I, I, I don't want to argue with you, but I don't think Jesus cherishes the old rugged cross. I mean, the Jesus I know really is sort of post-resurrection and is very much alive and, and doesn't necessarily want us to obsess over his death. Uh, but uh, that's where a lot of people, you know, that's, that's where they are, and, you know, fine, God bless them. But, um, but in my meditation on Friday, I said, you know, Jesus did prophesy his own resurrection. I said, you can do the same thing. Even if you're going through a period in your life, and I love that he said, uh, he actually tells disciples, I'm going into the heart of the earth. A lot of people say he went to hell. That's actually not what he said. He says, I'm going, and there's, there's such symbolism in that is that the earth has a heart. And I said, sometimes you're in the heart of the earth. That's when you go into a deep place within yourself. And it's at that place where you find the earth's heart for you, that things are repaired and fixed in your life on a very deep level, but that you also know you'll come out of it. Uh, I, I learned a long time ago, instead of saying I'm in a bad situation or whatever, I have said to people who said, are you okay? And I've said, I'm in the heart of the earth but I'll be back. I'll be back in three days. So you always know that you've got to go through some things. You've got to process some things. Uh, that dying and being reborn thing happens constantly. I don't believe in reincarnation maybe like the Buddhists do, but I do believe that you die on one level to, be, uh, to live on another one and that being born again is not a one-time experience. It's something that you go through again and again and again. And there are things in your life that are sometimes interpreted as, as just this thing's going to kill me. I mean, I'm never going to survive this. But you actually do survive it, and you are transformed. And Jesus, after the resurrection, whether you think this is literal or not, when he would appear to his disciples, he was in another form. The, the, those who knew him as a caterpillar didn't recognize the butterfly. And so sometimes when you've gone through something, that genie's out of the bottle. You can't, you can't go back to who you were before you died because that person is no longer here. Now you, you are reincarnated. You are what Paul called going from glory to glory is really reincarnation. It's going from incarnation to incarnation. And then this morning, uh, the one that I wrote was when uh, Jesus actually said this at Lazarus's tomb. He said, I am the resurrection and the life. And if you follow a lot of these uh, people who write about affirmations, uh, whether you call them new age, new thought, whatever, I notice that a lot of them will say, don't just say I have abundance, say I am abundance. Don't just say I, I am healthy, say I am health. And it sounds, it's an abstract concept when you say, you know, it's one thing to say I love you, it's another thing to say I am love. But I say Jesus clearly did not see the resurrection as an event. He saw it as a state of mind, as a state of being, as a state of consciousness. 
And I said, just try it. Just try it in your own affirmations. It seems odd, maybe, to your intellect to say it, but it really changes the way you think about yourself and the way you move through your life. Uh, Eddie mentioned about reading some of the accounts. You know, initially there were 300 Gospels, and the Council of Nicaea, who met in North Africa, narrowed it down to four of them, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, and, and I don't have any issue with that. I mean, I've for years I've drawn the comparison with Ezekiel's four-faced beast, and you know I've, I've written books about that. But what is interesting about the four accounts is they all are conflicting. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John all tell very different stories. The one constant is that Jesus was in the tomb and then He was out of the tomb. But like in one, in one version, it's just Mary Magdalene. In another version, it's a bunch of women. In another one, it's Mary and some woman, the mother of some woman Salome. In one of them, there's an angel. In another one, there's two angels. In one, there's an earthquake. I mean, the story, it would be like four different people giving the account of a wreck they saw and telling two complete different uh, or four complete different stories. And the reason I like to bring that up is not to discredit the Bible, but to show you the futility of fundamentalism. There is no story of record about the resurrection, but one reason I believe it literally happened is that the disciples, according to historians, for the rest of their life held to that story. And many of them were martyred because of it. So it would make me believe something legitimate must have happened. Or otherwise, I don't think they could have continued that conspiracy theory for that many years. And remember, that in Matthew, that was one of the, the worries of the Romans. They said... Uh, uh, seal up the tomb because his followers are going to steal his body and say that he was resurrected. Uh, so again, I don't want to argue with you about the literalness of this or not. Um, most of the, uh, especially the Old Testament phenomena, what we call miracles, were part of Jewish fables, Jewish lore that got written into the theology that doesn't take away the truth of them. If I talk to you about the, the tortoise and the hare, uh, if you if you want to know, I want to know where was that tortoise and how much of that hair away. You're missing the point. The point of the story is about persistence. It's it doesn't matter whether it was a what was the joke about the uh, was a, what does a snail say when he rides on the back of a tortoise? Wee. And there was another one. Where the snail got, uh, the tortoise walked over him, and they said, "What happened?" He said, "I don't know. It all just happened so fast." Seriously, folks, I'll be here all week. Don't forget to t tip your waiters for once in my life. Oh, sorry, I went into lounge act and back into bishop mode. Thank you. Horse walks into a bar. Bartender says, "Why the long face?" But anyway, all right, that's my last one. Although, I do remember I was at the Starbucks over there a few years ago and a Methodist minister of my friend of mine was standing there with a Jewish rabbi and the three of us were ordering our coffee and he said, why do I feel like we're a joke? <laughs> you know, a rabbi, a minister, and a bishop walk into a Starbucks. Okay, that's the last one. And purging breath. So... Uh, the point is, whether you identify as Christian or not, there is something 
powerful about the idea of Easter. Easter is not a Christian word. I tell you this every year. The pagans celebrated the vernal equinox and the reason uh, Easter comes on a different um, day every year is because it's based on the first full moon after the equinox and uh, the pagans celebrated with the, the goddess Ashtaroth or in some religions she was called Ishtar. Uh, that's the, the Roman Catholic Church Christianized all the pagan holidays. That's why we Jesus was not born on December 25th. That was the winter solstice, but the church Christianized everything. And so the pagans celebrated uh, the rebirth of the earth and springtime. And the reason, if you always wonder, what you know, how did the Easter bunny and the eggs get connected? It's because it all came out of paganism, which Christianity is full of paganism. It is. <laughs> um, the uh, <laughs> That's a good one. And he says, full of pagan. But don't bump. It's serious. I work alone. Um, I got a heckler down front. Um, anyway, uh, the word estrogen has to do with uh, female fertility. Uh, rabbits were involved in the ritual aspect of it because they're considered prolific that's why you always say that you know they're they're uh multiplying like bunny rabbits is because that's what you eggs and rabbits represent fertility and the earth being reborn so to me it's not an issue that uh that people who were pre-christian cel basically celebrated resurrection they celebrated the earth being reborn so when jesus came along and somehow through the jewish passover uh we you know connected the resurrection of Jesus with the celebration of Ashtaroth or Easter or Ishtar. Uh, to me, it's not a conflict. To me, it's all, it's all God. Uh, you know, I've told you this story so many times, but I think about it on days like today. But I think it was our first trip to um, Uganda. Some of you were there with me. When the, the young people of the church did an indigenous dance that their um, ancestors had done, before the Europeans came and Christianized uh, Uganda. And it was a beautiful thing to see it because it was, for lack of a better term, anointed. And it had nothing to do with Jesus or the Bible. And for me to be able to say, this is a beautiful thing that in this church setting, you can embrace your ancestors who might have thought they were worshiping the sun or the moon, but they were really worshiping the God. That's this thing that we call God. Whatever he, she, it is, it is something that transcends us. Uh, I read this this week because I always say, when I talk like this, I always say I never want to relinquish my Jesus take the wheel clause. Somebody I noticed on social media last night said, I believe in the Jesus take the wheel clause, but it seems like lately he's been free off-roading. <laughs> uh, I nearly said freewheeling. That wasn't it. It was off-road. Anyway, back to my sermon. Keep my day job. Um, so when you think about uh, all of these things, you know, the butterfly, uh, being reborn from the caterpillar, all of these are, uh, these are truths that transcend Christianity. Just three quotes I want to show you, and I'm, we're going to be very brief today. And the first one, uh, is by N.T. Wright. This guy's written some really good stuff about Easter. One of the quotes, I didn't use it today, but one of the quotes he wrote is that, uh, Easter wasn't about, uh, 
Jesus trying to take people to heaven. It was about colonizing heaven here on the earth. And I thought he said that's the whole point of the Lord's Prayer, which that's the that's the thesis of the Lord's Prayer is your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Uh, in, instead of saying I'm trying to make it to heaven, realize that's where I'm from. I'm, I'm trying to recreate heaven on the earth. Here he says Easter was when hope in person surprised the whole world by coming forward from the future into the present. You know, the very fact that the Easter story ends with um, a resurrection should give hope to anybody. And again, you can connect those dots to spring. I mean, it was just a few. Now, I know the last few hours it's gotten cold again. I walked out last night. And I said, where did Easter go? I mean, where did uh, April go? But uh, but I know just I look at the trees outside my window every day and just I mean, just days ago. They were like sticks sticking up out of the ground. And today they're green and full of life. And that's just amazing. If you had never seen springtime and someone tried to explain that to you, you'd think, how's that possible? Because it looks like the earth dies. And in a sense, it kind of does. It does die and it is resurrected. So the fact that we celebrate Easter in the spring is it's, it's a beautiful thing. To me, it's not an either or. Even this morning, I posted on my... Uh, public page something about why why we celebrate the three days and somebody kind of was argumentative about the uh, he actually called it fuzzy math he said because you know it wasn't a full three days Jesus must and I said good point excellent point and I was like if you think I'm going to argue with you about the literalness of three days you sure don't know who I am because I'm like you know it might have been totally metaphysical you're missing the whole point it's like the guy who Message me, I could tell you about. It. He said, I, "I'd like to come to your church. So I just want to make sure if I come that nobody's going to tell me I'm going to hell for being gay." I'm thinking, "You're good. I think <laughs> that's probably on so many levels the least of your worries. I'm, I can just guarantee you, you aren't going to hear that one. Unlike the guy opening Sunday of our big building, Church of the Now, the guy wrote me and said." Uh, I want to come to your church, but I want to make sure everybody doesn't stare at me. And uh, I said, well, why would you think? He said, well, because I'm bald and I had pit bulls uh, tattooed on my head. I said, I'm going to tell you something. People may stare at that. I said, don't read that they're being judgmental, but you can't put pit bulls on your head and then gripe about people looking at it. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, that's pretty much an invitation to look. Wish I could tell you nobody's going to look, but I'm pretty sure I'm kind of interested to see what that looks like myself. Anyway, next quote I want to share with you is uh, by John O'Donohue, who says, We ask that streams of Easter light might flow into the intimacy and privacy of our hearts this morning to heal us and encourage us and enable us to make again a new beginning. Again, all the religions of the earth honor this. This is this is not an either or. Um, even if it was just a spiritual resurrection, it's the idea that death is not the end. Death is actually the beginning, and that's something you have to relive again and again. You know, there's a a very interesting thing that Paul said one time. He said it's uh, he said it's no longer I that lives, but it's Christ who lives in me. And then he has this phrase, he says, and the life that I now live, I live through the faith of the Son of God. 
And there's something about that phrase that really resonates with me because you think about who you were. Like when I go pick up my granddaughters at, uh, well now uh, Sophia's uh, in middle school. But uh, when I pick them up where I went to school, where my cousins went to school, we lived next door to that building. Every, any afternoon that I'm there, you know, waiting for them to come out, I always think about, wow, this, there's so, I, there's so much memory on this area. Everywhere I look, I could tell you an anecdote about, you know, right over there is where David Karras told me he's going to beat me up in seventh grade and scared the bejesus out of me because he was, should have been in tenth grade, but, And uh, I remember when he told me, meet me on the playground, he's going to beat me up. I thought, my God, what am I going to do? I, don't, I can't beat him up. And I remember going to my cousin Mark and said, you, you've got to help me. David Kara says he's going to beat me up after school. And he said, I'm running home as fast as I possibly can. I said, thank you. Thank you for that. And I remember watching the clock wind down. I thought, what am I going to do? I mean, I'm, I'm never going to survive this. And I thought, well, I'm going to... I'm going to have to go meet him because if I don't go, he's just going to find me. And I remember it was like I could hear the, the theme to the good, the bad, and the ugly playing, you know, da 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 You know, I walk out on that playground and he's nowhere to be found. Never showed up. It was all talk. He was just a bully. Next morning, I walked by him, bumped his books on his desk. I was like, That was a turning point for me. And I think about it many times when I'm waiting for Olivia to come out. That was the spot. That's where the spot where Stella got her groove back. Right there. And, uh, but I'm not that person now. Miss Mackey, my second grade teacher, I'm, I stand outside that window, but she, I'm sure she passed away years ago. I don't look like that little person. I remember... Uh, going to my 10-year college reunion and I was uh, sitting with a, a group of friends who I'd been friends with and I was showing them pictures of my kids. And I remember them looking at pictures of Jared and they said, they looked at him and they said, now that's Jimmy Swilly. We don't know who you are. We don't know who this middle-aged man is, but this right here, that's the guy we went to college with. I said, no, that's my son. I'm not that person now. And you have to, like the was it the Dr. Seuss quote that says, don't don't cry that it's over. Smile that it happened. You have lived many different lives. Don't regret any of them. You died on one level to be born again on another. I really do believe this. I don't think you should. I don't think you should uh, regret a broken relationship, a failed marriage, no, nothing. I think you should look back on all of it and say, even the painful experiences. Uh, worked to make me the person that I am today. So I can't have regrets because if if I hadn't died to that life, I wouldn't be living this life. And so this idea of death and resurrection doesn't just it's not just commemorated on Easter Sunday once a year. This is something that you go through again and again and again. And once you get your momentum going, you just learn how to burn through different lives. That's why uh, I think last time Judah was here, uh, we talked about this, which kind of spawned the conversation about him taking the movement out to Covington. This, uh, somebody asked me when I posted pictures of Church in the Now, they said, do you miss it? And I said, no, I don't miss it. I loved it. 
I was, I am proud of it. I don't want the memory of it to be lost. Do I miss it? Absolutely not. Uh, I, I'm very aware that that was the life that I lived then. This is the life that I live now. I don't, I don't consider one better than the other. They're just different seasons. You don't have to hate summer to love the fall. Uh, they're all, I used to always say, fall is my favorite season. Now I think, no, every season is my favorite season because they all have something about them that I love. And sweet Lord, time's going so fast now. There's no point in you even hating any season because you're going to blink and it's going to be another one. I was looking forward to my birthday and psh, it's already way in the rear view mirror. We're past Ken's birthday. You better carpe the heck out of that DM every day because it goes by so fast. And really, in a sense, every night is a death. Every morning is a resurrection. Every day that you get up is a new day. It's a new opportunity. Which brings me to the third and final uh, thing I want to share with you by David Householder. It says, If anyone or anything tries to curse or kill the goodness at the center of all things, it will just keep coming back to life forever Easter. Look, this isn't a a panacea, or I'm not just being uh, unrealistically optimistic, but I'm telling you this. I don't care what you are going through right now. You're going to get through it. You're going to get to the other side. You're going to be okay. Life will always conquer death. Even if what you are going through right now has taken a lot out of you. It has only removed what needed to be removed. No matter how dark Friday is, Sunday always comes. You can count on it. Weeping may endure for the night, but joy comes in the morning. Let that be your takeaway for the Easter message today. I don't have to tell you a lot about the empty tomb and whatever. And I, I love all of that. I'm glad you sang because He lives. I love He lives and... Uh, uh, low in the grave he laid you. I loved all that and have great memories of all of that. I'm not against that at all. But to me, Easter is a state of mind. It's, it's something that tells me, I don't care what I go through, I'll always be okay. I will always get to the other side. Once the dust settles, uh, once the dust settles and the uh, smoke clears, I will always be standing. That's what I have learned. And you say, well, what, what about when you finally pass on to the next life? Even better. I'm not, I'm not afraid of that. I embrace that. Uh, my mom specifically said, please tell everybody. They wanted to be here today, but it's just really, it, I think we're kind of past that season now. And uh, she said, just tell everybody to pray for us and remember us. And I know, you know, I can remember, you know, my mom always wearing, especially when I was really young, always wearing a hat on Easter and wearing gloves and playing the organ and, you know, Always had a corsage. Always had a little white jacket on. Some of you in my age demographic remember that's what, that was the uniform for little boys. Is you wore that white jacket and that little black bow tie. I remember. I think I've shared this story with you, but I remember. I was probably third grade, and a lot of my little third grade friends went to our church. They were all in my Sunday school, and I remember I was standing out in front of our little our little church where Dad pastored in West Georgia, waiting for my friends. Uh, to get there. So I'm standing out there in my little white jacket and I see this family drive up and they had four boys that were always fighting with each other, always. And I saw the back door open and 
these two little boys, Mike and Vaughn, I remember their names, they fall out of the, of the car fighting in their white jackets. And the mother screaming at them, and they're slugging each other, roll into a mud puddle. The, the dad swears, the mother bursts into tears. They got back in the car and drove off. And I was like, I didn't even get to say good morning to them. It's like, they, they fell out, they fought, they moved on. <laughs> Somebody said, where's the Carters? And I'm like, they were here, and then they were gone. I always remember those, remember those things. But, um, so I have all of those memories, but I don't just relate that to Christianity. I relate that to the way that I think now. And I love Jesus, love that resurrection, love all those memories, uh, love that Marshall saying his eyes on the sparrow. Those are all a part of me. Um, this week I talked to a guy, he may be streaming today, he just, just friended me on Facebook. And he said, I'm, I find that I'm where you are at theologically. He was in the ministry for years. He said, but now I don't know that I believe those things anymore. And he said, what I want to know to you is how do you, how do you define what your purpose is now? I said, what do you mean? He said, well, didn't you think your purpose you know, for years was to get people saved and take them to heaven? I said, I actually haven't thought that way in a long time. My purpose is unfolding every day just to be alive and just to enjoy life. Jesus said, I came that you might have life. Not... I came that I might take you to heaven. I came that you might have life and that you might have it more abundantly. I speak Easter over all of you today. May life and health and blessing and prosperity reign in you and that you celebrate it every day of your life. Amen? That is my Easter message for 2019. Next Easter, you may all be at the movement in Covington. I don't know. I might be working at Walmart, but whatever it is, it's all good. Jackie. Jackie said, well, then we'll be at Walmart. That's the best, best comment of the day. Let's all stand, please. What? Yes. Ken has something he would like to say. I just want to wish all you beautiful people a happy Easter. I'm thankful for all of you. And I want to thank all of you for sharing with me last week, celebrating my birthday, your cards, your gifts, your love. Marshall, you know I love you. Thank you for singing that song. Eddie, I love you. Judah, you always bless us. I have my blessing to you and the movement. Blessings to all of you. Blessings over all of you. It's a beautiful day. Tell somebody you love them. I love all of you. Happy Easter. Now you know why we've learned when we have a family get together, if we ever, everybody says something, we always let Ken go last. Because after Ken speaks, we're like, well, I was going to say something, but never mind now. <laughs> <laughs>
Yes. And he really means that. He's a, he's, uh, I tell you this all the time, I live with an angel. He's the sweetest man I've ever, ever known in my life. Although last week, some of y'all were turning on me. You know what? You know what this one said right here? This Pastor Fro, he said, he said to Ken, he said, because I said Ken said he used to be mean as a snake till he met me. Fro told him, he said, it was the other way around. Bishop used to be mean as a snake. I was like, no, you did not. I bound that. I said, yay. And whatever Sonia said, I was like, what are you, what the heck? <laughs> no, that was very, that was very sweet. Thank you. Please remain standing for the uh, outro, please. Contributing to Metron is quick and easy. Easy peasy. You can give anytime using any smartphone. Anytime. Text the amount you'd like to donate to 404-620-5044. You will then receive a notification that you successfully completed your donation. You may also visit bishopthenow.com and click the support tab to give there as well. When you contribute to Metron, you're also donating to the charity or organization of the month. Thank you for your investment into Metron. If you are making a check, make it to JESM and Danny will receive that. If you have cash, just pay it forward. You might want to bless Marshall or one of the other people who ministered today. Um, pay it forward. Go send it to somebody out here that maybe doesn't have a home uh, tonight. And uh, listen, I can't improve on the blessing that Ken's already spoken all over you. So I love you very much. Remember, next week, I'll see you at Inspire. Peace. At 1030.